Tamo Philip. Hello again. We are at the 500 hats of Bartholomew Cubbins by Dr. Seuss. The 500 half of Bartholomew Cubbins. In the beginning, Bartholomew Cubbins did, didn't have 500 hats. He only had one hat. It was once that had to be long to his father and his father's father before him. It was probably the oldest and the plainest hat in the whole kingdom of did. So, where Bartholomew Covens lived, but Bartholomew Covens like it especially because of the feather that always pointed straight up in the air. The kingdom of Dip was ruled by King Derwin. His palace stood high on top of the mountain from his balcony. He looked down over the houses of all subjects, first over the spires of the noblemen's castles. Across the broad wharfs of the rich men's mansions, down over the houses of all his subjects, first over to the little houses of the town folk, to the huts of the farmers, far off in the fields, it was a mighty view, and it made King Derwin feel mighty important. on the edge of a cranberry bog stood the hut of the Cubbins family. <clears throat> From the small door Bartholomew Cubbins Bartholomew looked to the rich men's mansions and the noblemen's castles, up to the great towering palace of the king. It was exactly the same view that King Derwin saw from his balcony, but Bartholomew saw it backward. It was a mighty view, but it made Bartholomew feel mighty small. the sunrise one Saturday morning while far from you 
started for town. He felt very happy. A pleasant breeze whistled through the <laughs> to sell at the market. He was anxious to sell them quickly and bring the money back home to his parents. He walked faster and faster until he got to the gates of the town. The sound of silver trumpets rang through the air. Hoofbeats clattered on the cobbled street. streets. Clear the way! Clear the way! Make way for the king! All the people rushed for the sidewalks. They drove their carts right up over the curbstones. Bartholomew clutched his basket tighter. Horses behind them on Christmas robbed, robbed horses became the king's own guards. Hats off to the king, shouted the captain of the king's own guards. On, the, on came the king's carriage, white and gold and purple. It rumbled like thunder through the narrow street. It swept past Bartholomew, then suddenly its mighty brakes shrieked. It lurched, then stopped. The whole procession stood still. Bartholomew could hardly believe what he saw through the side of the window carriage. The king himself was staring back straight at, back at him. Bartholomew began to tremble. Back up. The king commanded <coughs> to the ro the royal coachman. The royal coachman shouted to the royal horses. The king's own guards shouted to their chrisman robbed horses. The trumpets shouted to their yellow robbed horses. Very slowly, the whole procession backed off down back down the street until the king's carriage stopped right in front of Bartholomew. The king leaned from his carriage and window and fixed his eyes directly on Bartholomew Cubbins. Well, well, he demanded, thought to himself, but he could think of nothing nothing to say well demanded the king again do you or do do you or do you you or do you not take off your hat before your king yes indeed sire Answered Bartholomew, feeling greatly relieved. I do take off my hat before my king. Then take it off this very instant. 
right to say you are wrong, sire, said Bartholomew very politely. But you see, my hat is off, and he showed the king the hat in his hand. That's your hat in your hand, demanded the king. What is what that on your head? On my head? Yes, Bartholomew. Did seem to be someone thing on his head. He reached up his hand and touched the hat. The face of Bartholomew Clemens turned very red. It's a hat, sire, he stammered. But it can't be mine. Someone behind must have put it on my head. I don't care how it got there, said the king. You take it off. By the crown of my father's, roared the king again, leaned out of the carriage window. Did I or did not command you to take off your hat? You did, sire. I took it off. I took it off twice. Nonsense. There was still a hat upon your head. Another hat again, Bartholomew reached up his hand and touched the hat. Come, come. What is the meaning of all this? demanded the king, his face purple with rage. I don't know, sire, answered Bartholomew. It never happened to me before. The king was now shaking with such fury that the carriage rocked on its wheels and the royal coachman could hardly sit in his seat. Arrest this impudent trickster, shouted the king to the captain of the king's own guards. We'll teach him how to take off his hat. The royal coachman cracked his long whip. The wing, the king's carriage, swung forward up the street toward the palace, but the captain of the king's own guards leaned down from his big brass saddle and grabbed Bartholomew Cubbins by his shirt. Away flew Bartholomew's basket. The cranberries bounced all over the cobble stones and rolled down into the gutter. With a jangling of spurs and a clatter of horseshoes, the captain and Bartholomew sped up to the winding street toward the palace. Out of the narrow streets up the hill, Bartholomew clung to the captain's broad back. <clears throat> On they galloped past the bright gardens of the wealthy merchants, 
higher and higher up the mountain on the past of the walls of the nobleman's castles. Flop, a sharp wind whisk up Bartholomew's hat. Flop, flop. Two more flew off. Flop, flop, flop. And flew another and another. Four, five, six, seven. Bartholomew kept counting as the hats came faster and faster. Boys and ladies stared from the windows of their turrets, wondering what the strange stream of hats could mean. Over the palace, drawbridges, they sped through the great gates and into the courtyard. The captain pulled in his reins. His Majesty waits in the throne room, a guard, said a guard, saluting the captain. The throne room. The captain dropped Bartholomew to his ground, to the ground. I'd certainly hate to be in your shoes, he'd said, shaking his head sadly. For a moment, Bartholomew was terribly frightened. Still... <coughs> thought to himself, the king can do nothing dreadful to punish me, because I really haven't done anything wrong. It would be cowardly to feel afraid. Bartholomew threw back his shoulders and marched straight ahead into the palace. Follow the black carpet, said the guard at the door. All through the long way, Long hallway, Bartholomew could hear the muttering voices behind heavy doors. He won't take off his hat. No, he won't take off his hat. Bartholomew walked until he stood in the very middle of the throne room. The king in a long... Sir Alec, the keeper of the king's records. Your Majesty, said Bartholomew as politely as possibly could. I will, but I'm afraid it won't do any good. And he took off his hat and didn't do anything, and it didn't do anything good. Another hat sat on Bartholomew's head. He took off hat after hat after hat after hat until he was standing in the middle of a great pile of hats. The lords and noblemen were so astonished they couldn't even speak. Such a thing had never happened in the throne room before. Heavens, said Sir Alaric, 
keeper of the records, blinking behind his triangular spectacles. He's taken off 45. And were three more. And there were three more down in the town," said the king. Moved up the hill. <coughs> trying to be more. Trying to be helpful. One hundred and thirty-five hats. Most usually," said Sir Alec, writing it down on a long scroll. "Come, come," said the king, impatiently. Sir Alaric, what do you make of all this nonsense? Very serious nonsense, your majesty, answered Sir Alaric. What do you make of wise, wise you call in the expert on hats? Excellent, agreed the king. Ho, guard, fetch in Sir Snips. Maker of hats for all the fine lords. Into the throne room marched the smallest man wearing the tall his hat that Bartholomew had ever seen. It was Sir Snips instead of a sword. He wore the size of a large pair of scissors. Take a look at this boy's hat. Commanded the king, Sir Snips. Sir Snips. Sir Snips looked at Bartholomew Cubbins' hat and sniffed in disgust. Find six and gems and ostrich. You ask me what I think of this hat. Pooh! It is the most ordinary hat I've ever set my eyes on. Well, in that case, said the king, it would be very simple for you to take it off. Simple indeed, mumbled Sir Snips. It would be very simple for you to take it off. On his tiptoes, he pushed his pluggy thumb at Bartholomew's hat and knocked it to the floor. Immediately, another appeared on Bartholomew's head. Screebies! screamed Sir Snips, leaping in the air higher than the than he'd was tall. He turned and ran shrieking out of the throne room. Dear me, said the king, looking very puzzled. Snips can't do it. This must be more than an ordinary hat. 136, wrote Sir Alaric, wrinkling his brow. Your majesty, I advise you call in your wise men. A fine idea, <coughs> said the king. Hogar, bring me Nad. Nad knows everything, all in my kingdom. In came an old man. He looked on the hat of Bartholomew's head. 
He looked at the pile of hats on the floor. Nan, my wise man, can you take off his hat? Asked the king. Madge shook his head. Solomon. Solomon. No. Then he fetched in the father, Nad. Com commanded the king. He knows about everything in all the kingdom and the world beyond. In came an even older man, but he looked at Bartholomew's hats. Father of Nad merely locked his fingers across his beard and said nothing. Then bring me the father of father of Nad. Ordered the king. He knows about everything in all my kingdom and all the world beyond in other worlds that may happen to be. Then came the oldest man of them all, but he just looked at Bartholomew and nibbled nervously at the end of his beard. Does this mean there's no one in my whole kingdom who cannot take this boy's hat? bellowed the king in a terrifying voice. A small voice came up through the balcony window. A voice of a boy. The king stepped out on the balcony and leaned over the railing. There's a boy in here, just about your age, the king said. Over the marble railing, there's a boy in here, about just about your age, the king said. He won't take off his hat. Bartholomew tiptoed up behind the king and looked down. There stood a boy with a big lace collar and a very proud, proud little boy with his nose in the air. It was a Grand Duke Wilford, nephew of the king. You send him down here, said the Grand Duke Wilford. I'll fix him. The king thought for a minute. He pushed back his crown and scratched his head. Well, maybe you can. There's no harm trying. And two of the king's own guards led Bartholomew out to the phone room. Pooh, said the Grand Duke Wilford, looking at Bartholomew's hat and laughing meanly. That won't come off. You stand over there. He pointed to a corner where the wall curved out. I need a little target practice with my bow and arrow. When Bartholomew saw that the Grand Duke Wilford had only a child's bow, he didn't feel frightened. He spoke up proudly. I can shoot with my father's big bow. My, my bow is plenty big enough for shooting hats, especially hats like yours, answered Wilford. And he let fly an arrow. Zzz, zzz. 
It grazed Bartholomew's forehead and snipped off his hat. Away it blew and over the parapet, but another hat appeared in his head. Zzz, zzz, zzz. The arrows flew till the Grand Duke's whole bag full of arrows was gone, and still a hat sat upon Bar Bartholomew's head. It's not fair, cried Grand Duke. It's not fair. He threw down his bow and stamped upon it. One hundred and fifty-four hats, gulped Sir Alaric. These hats are driving me mad, the king's voice rang out through the all through the pallets. Why waste time with a child's bow and arrow? Fetch me the mightiest bow and arrow of all freedom. Fetch the yeoman of bowmen. Yeoman of bowmen, echoed all the lords and the noblemen of the court. Gigantic man strode out across the terrace. His, his bow was as big as the branch of a tree. The arrow was twice as long as Bartholomew. The air toward Bartholomew Cubbins. Gurzap! The sharp arrow had bit through his hat and carried it off on a for a full half mile. The face in the heart of an oak tree. Yet there on Bartholomew's head sat another hat, the face of the yeoman of bowmen went white as the palace walls. It's black magic, he shrieked. Black magic? That's just what it is, sighed the king with relief. I should have thought of that before. That makes things simple. Back to the throne room. Call my magicians. In the whole throne room, there wasn't a sound as the loud as a breath. But from the spiral stairs, that led down from the selfless tower came shuffling of slow padded feet. The magicians were coming. Dig a hole. Dig a bowl. Oh, and so they were chanting the words string. Dig a hole. Five furlongs deep down to where the midnight 
snake creep. Mix and no and mold the mystic mud. Mabber, babber, titter, tud. In came seven black ground magic magicians, and beside each one stalked a, a lean black cat. They circled around Bartholomew Cubbins, muttering deep and mysterious sounds. Stop this useless muttering, orders the king. I want a chant. The magicians huddled over Bartholomew's and chanted. When Bunkus, Timbunkus, Flushaby Clay, hat on this demon's head, fly far away, Howlman, howl away, howl away, howl away, yellow cats, yellow away, yellow away, you, yellow away, hat on this demon's head. Seep away, creep away, leap away, gleep away, never come back. A mighty good chant, said the king, looking very pleased. Are you sure this will work? All the magicians nodded together. But, said the king, looking puzzled, there still seems to be a hat upon his head. How long will it take for the charm to work? Be calm, O sire, and have no fear, chanted the Our time will work in ten short years. Ten years? gasped the king. Away, fools, he shouted. Out of my sight. Can't wait for ten years to get rid of his hat. Oh dear, what can I do? What can I do? If I were the king, whispered the Grand Duke, willfully, I'd chop his head off. A dreadful thought, said the king, biting his lip. But I'm afraid I'll have to. Young man, he said to the Bartholomew Cubbins, and pointed the to the small door at the end of the room. March down to those steps in the dungeon and tell the executioner to chop off your head. Bartholomew's heart sank to his boots, but he did as the king commanded. I must take off my hat, he said to himself as he started down the long black stairway. This is my last chance. One. 156, 157, 158, it grew colder and damper, 2, 2, 17, 2, 18, 2, 19, down, 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 231, 232, 233, it seemed to Bartholomew Cubbins, he must be in the very heart of the mountain, who's there, said the voice from the blackness, Bartholomew turned to a corner and stepped into the dungeon.
open moment, he had nothing to do in spite of his business. He really, oh, I'd hate to, said Baby Cute New, looking at him with a friendly smile. He seemed to look like such a nice boy. Please get it over with. All right, said the eggs to near but you. Had to take off your hat. Why? asked Bartholomew. I don't know, said the ugly cute ear, but it's one of the rules. It's one of the rules. All right, said Bartholomew. You take it off for me. Bartholomew's hat. What? Sliss, he gasped, blinking through the holes in his mask. As another hat sat on Bartholomew's head, he flipped it one off, then another, then another. Fiddle! Fiddlesticks! grunted the executioner, throwing his axe on the floor. I can't execute you at all! And he shook hands with Bartholomew and sent him back upstairs to the king. The king had been taking a nap, angry at being awakened. I'm sorry, your majesty, explained Bartholomew. My head can't come off with my hat on. It's against the rules. So it can't, said the king, but leaning back wearily. Now how many hats does it make altogether? The eyes are cute and are knocked off 13. And I left 117, 78 more on the dungeon steps, answered Bartholomew. 346 hats, mumbled Sir Alaric from behind his scroll. Uncle Derwin... Yawned the Grand Duke Wilfred. I suppose I'll have to do away with him. Send him up to the highest turret. And I, in person, will push him off. Wilfred, I'm surprised at you, said the king. But I guess it's a good idea. So the king and the Grand Duke led Bartholomew Clemens toward the highest turret. Up and up. And up the turret stairs climbed behind him. This is my last and very last chance, thought Bartholomew. He snatched off his hat. 347 he snatched off. He pulled it and tore. He flung them behind him. Off another he pulled and tore and flung them behind him. 398, 399. His arms ached from pulling off hats, but still off another. The hats came, Bartholomew climbed on. Four, 448, 449, 450. Counted Sir Alaric puffing off his hairs behind him.
Suddenly, Sir Alaric stopped. He looked. He took off his triangular spectacles. Your Majesty, Your Majesty, cried. But the king and the grand duke were way up there. They couldn't hear. They had already reached the top of the highest turret. Bartholomew was following just behind. Step right out here and get on, get out on that wall, snapped the Grand Duke Wilfred. I can't wait to push you off. But when Bartholomew stepped up on the wall, they gasped in amazement. He was wearing the most beautiful hat that had ever been seen in the kingdom of Did. It had a rubber, rubby larger than any size the king himself had ever owned. It's an ostrich plumes and and cockatoo plumes and even mockbird plumes. And paradise plumes. Besides such a hat, even the king's crown seemed like nothing. The Grand Duke Wilfred took a quick step forward. Bartholomew thought his end had come at last. Wait, said the king. He did not take off his eyes off the, mix, the magnificent hat. I won't wait, the Grand Duke. Talked back to the king. I'm going to push him off now. That new big hat makes me madder than ever. He flung out his arms to push Bartholomew off. But the king was quicker than Wilfred. He grabbed him by the stern back of his fine lace collar. This is to teach you, the majesty said. Turned to the Grand Duke Wilfred over his knee and spanked him. Suddenly, right on the seat of the silk pants. And now, smiled the king, lifting Bartholomew down from the wall. It would be nice if you'd sell me that one that wonderful hat. The wall it would be nice if you'd send me that wonderful hat. It broke in the tired voice of Sir Alaric. See the hat on Bartholomew's head? Makes exactly 500. 500, exclaimed the king. Will you sell it for 500 of pieces of gold? Everything you say, sire, answered Bartholomew. You'll see I've never sold one before. The king's hands trembled at with joy as he reached for the hat. Slowly, slowly, Bartholomew felt the weight of the great hat lifting from his head. He held his breath. Then suddenly he felt the cool evening breezes blow through the, his hair and broke into a happy smile. The head of Bartholomew Cubbins was bare. Look, your majesty, look! He shouted to the king.
No, you look at me, answered the king. Put the great hat right over his own, right over his crown. Arm in arm, the king and Bartholomew went down to the counting room to count all out the gold. Then the king sent Bartholomew home to his parents, no basket on his arm, no hat on his head, but with 500 pieces of gold in the bag. And the king commanded that he, the hat he had bought and all the other hats too, be kept forever in a great crystal case by the side of his throne. But neither Bartholomew Cubbins nor the king Derwin himself nor anyone else in the kingdom of Day could ever explain how the strange thing had happened. They only could say it just happened to happen and it was not very likely to happen again. Goodbye, I'll miss you and read to you again. We will be reading another book soon, but maybe tomorrow. And this was the 500 Hats of Bartholomew Cubbins by Dr. Seuss. And the hats are pretty cool. I like the hats. Make sure you tell me, make sure you shout out and tell me how much you like, and tell me what's your favorite hat. So, see you next time, and read to you next time. Bye! See you next time for Story Time with Philip.